Hey, what is up, everybody? This is Rob Rivera. And this is Rob Rucha. And, and you're listening to the Robcast Podcast. Podcast. We'd like to give a shout out to Scott at Good Company with Bowling. My name is Scott Bowling. I have a show called Good Company. Good Company is a show where we film artists in the rock genre and we talk about their first record all the way to where they are now. We've interviewed bands like Korn and Seven Us and Rich Ward. You can find me on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook under Good Company or Good Company with Bowling. So please, if you get a chance, check it out. Good Company! All right, so uh, welcome to the Robcast podcast episode number lucky 13. 13. Isn't that a song uh, you guys have? Yeah, on the Miracle Records, the uh, last song on the album. Cool. Well, this episode we have uh, a, a guest from the future. Um, they, are, uh, they, they are actually in 15 hours ahead of the time that we're recording it right now. Uh, it's a band that is from Australia. And they are called Tai Sui. And uh, non-point singer, non- Elias, has been managing them for a bit. And uh, he's had me do some mixing work for them. So I've had a bit of history with them. Um, I found out about them almost two years ago and heard their first EP. And it was already being mixed by someone in Australia. So I kind of never threw my hat in that ring. But recently I had the opportunity to mix the last single that they put out. And... Uh, I mean, they definitely are a DIY band. I mean, they're doing everything independently right now on their own budget, but they know how to do everything. It's just one of those things that we've been talking about throughout all our episodes is how important it is that bands have a guy or several guys that are multifaceted, uh, multi-purpose people, not just the player of the bass or the drums or the guitar, but the Photoshop guy or the merch designer guy or the you know Facebook social media guy or whatever. It's or, kind of or girl or girl, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in this case, um, or you know, in in other cases, with you know, any any band should know at least how to do enough to get themselves out without a label, without somebody controlling what is going out, what can go out. Um, you know, with some of the things that we've discovered, you know, some of your older catalog, you can do whatever you want with. Some of the not so older catalog, you gotta wait a few more years before yeah. you can do something with seven year clause. Seven year clause, you know, it's like people own you at that point, and to not be owned is, I think, something that, like you've said, you know, is is you wish you could get to that point where you could not have to to you know you're making a living doing it, which is great, but not having to go to a label or to a you know a, a deal with somebody where it's almost like a devil deal, you know, yeah. where it ends up screwing someone at the end of the day for sure and uh going back to what you were saying about the re- the recordings and people who don't know what the seven-year clause is uh basically like our records from statement all the way up to miracle mm-hmm. or even self-titled that came out 2012 is yeah this up? year will be self-titled then at the end of this year it'll be seven years uh-huh. so basically every single one of those records we actually have the right to re-record them and release them however we want. Uh, we don't own most of those records. We own To The Pain and Miracle and Alive and Kicking. And we've been talking about re-recording To The Pain. I think it would be cool, like Machine Head's doing right now, like they re-recorded all of Burn My Eyes and releasing videos on YouTube mm-hmm. with the band rehearsing them. And it just sounds so killer. And, and it just shows like a fresher vibe and... Well, I mean, and also it's more modern. Technology is different. Yeah, and we play those songs you so guys much. Have different we play players. those songs differently than we did back then. You know, after playing them so many years, those songs pretty much fall into a different groove these days. You know, like there's sometimes some songs that still stay the same, like the same pattern. But there's some songs that you know, like you want to kind of freshen up every now and then. So we've been thinking about that, and hopefully that one day we could re-record statement, re-record development with today's technology. And you know, and, and, and your re- current lineup, and, and current yeah. lineup, exactly. You know, and, and that's something we've been thinking about because we don't have ownership of those records. We don't own them, and we still get paid from them, but we don't own them outright. You know, like we the masters. Yeah, we don't yeah. own the masters like we do of To the Pain, which is absolutely amazing. This is one of the 
classic records of our catalog. You know, it's the one that people are uh, you know wondering why it's no longer available on it, social it, it media. It will be maybe by the line. time yeah maybe by the time this is out maybe while you're listening to this it's actually out but we don't know we're uh, taking the right steps. Uh, we have full ownership and it's been pulled from every platform except YouTube. It's out there. If you still want to listen to individual tracks, it's there. Like YouTube, there's absolutely no way to control that. No, it's out and there. You can't take anything out or anything down from there. So we're uh, um, making sure that everything on the legal standpoint is cool, and hopefully we'll have a couple surprises with To The Pain, with which I won't say, you know, but who knows? Maybe we'll do something really cool within the future, and, you know, and, and this ties in totally with Taisui. I mean, they're just doing whatever they want. And that's the thing. We can't do whatever we want. Because yeah, they're able to release, uh, like they did a single last month um, or two months ago is what it would probably be by the time people are listening to this. So they release a single and then they can concentrate on another single and concentrate on another single. And in this kind of day and age, with the work I've done with some of the YouTubers and stuff, where people are expecting something consistently, it no longer is necessary for there to be as much of a, a setup. You know, you, you release something and then you promise another thing soon. People are waiting for it already. So then you're able to deliver that to people and there's more engagement there. I think it also keeps you more relevant. You're able to maybe write and record a song that's relevant to the times right now. But maybe in six months from now, when you finish song 10 and you're ready to go record a record, it's no longer relevant. So now you need another song because the content of that song might not come across the same way. And that could be the difference between a song ending up, you know, in the bin of trash or in, on a record. Like some of the songs that, you know, we, we worked on with X are in, you know, a hard drive still. Great songs, but not right for that record. And maybe it was relevance, maybe when that song was right at the time when we were working on it, sending it back and forth to each other. And everybody was like, this one's awesome. This one's awesome. But then two months went by and four more came out that were more awesome. Mm -hmm. That one is not so awesome anymore. If you're able to control your own release, be able to control your own content, your own social media platforms. I remember when we had our deal, our web was taken away from us. Mm. Like someone ran our website, you know, mm. I was like, we were like, no, we want to run our own website. We actually wrote it into our contract that we would run our own website because Arista wanted to take control of the website and we wouldn't let them. And we had our own designer. They gave us a budget. The guy came at us thinking we were Jay-Z because we just got a record deal to Arista Records and he gave us an $80,000 quote to build a website. And we're like, what? And then our manager had a conference lunch with him, five grand with a smile. How did it just drop $75,000? Damn, that's a huge discount. Yeah. Well, now people are doing it on their own, and you don't need to build a website. Websites are almost gone. I mean, people, businesses have them, but bands aren't really pushing to websites. Bands are pushing social media. They're engaging immediately with their fans. I see you do it all the time. Mm -hmm. You do Facebook Lives all the time. Taisui is on the other side of the planet, and they're doing it to their world, hoping to break into this world, but they're 15 hours ahead, so they got to be up like... It's going to be two in the morning by the time we interview them, you know, so we're going to give them a shout and see if they're up. Hello. 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 Hey, how's it doing? Yeah, it's good. How are you? Good. Good. How do we sound? Uh, you sound good. This <laughs> you is, guys uh, sound marvelous. Marvelous. <laughs> <laughs> from, from halfway around the globe. Yeah. Well, we did. We just tried to Frankenstein up a, a Joe Rogan style rig here <laughs> with a condenser mic and I'm, I'm a little bit shocked it's working first time to be honest oh wow like plugged into like your computer for the input yeah yeah we're, we're going into a uh interface. just into like a condenser mic into an interface that's awesome we, it sounds really we good. use yeah we use that so uh hopefully it works <laughs> yeah no it sounds great so you guys sound very clear are you guys both on the same mic yeah, yeah, yeah we we're are. both on the yeah, same mic. oh that's awesome killer switched it to a wide pattern smart so. people Hey, eh? yeah, it's because <laughs> they're in the future. That is, yeah. you guys, <laughs> are, I mean, you guys like, are a day ahead of us all the time. You so. can give us some lottery numbers, that'd be great. Hey, the, the future's looking bright. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, let's get into this. Uh, I mean, we're talking to you guys, it is tomorrow there, right? Yep, yes, it is. And what, what time is it over there right now? It's 1 16 a.m. on Friday. Oh, my god. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> it's 10.16 here on Thursday. Yep. And the very first time I visited Australia, 
on the first sound wave. I had no idea that that's what it was. And I'm like talking back at home and I'm like, what do you mean it's yesterday? <laughs> like I could not comprehend that and I didn't realize uh, how many hours is that? 15? Uh, difference. 15 hours difference? Yes. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah thereabouts, yeah. yeah. Wow. And the cool thing is if you have your birthday over here and then you get on an aeroplane and fly back to America, you get two birthdays. So, so Double twice birthday. the presents, twice the cake. That's twice right, the cake. That's right. <laughs> you can't have your cake and eat it too. Wow, that's killer. So uh, I want to start. This is Rob with two Bs, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I've got the voices pegged now. Okay. Um, I want to start with you, Alexis. Uh, I do remember a New Year's Eve Back, Madison. I don't know how many years back then, uh, I believe you wrote a message on the Nonpoint Facebook saying that you were yeah. coming all the way from Australia. And I'm like, wow. And you actually showed up to the show. And I know you weren't coming over here just for the show. What was, uh, you were visiting a lot of other places, correct? Yeah. So it was um, 2012 and I decided I was going to um, come and see America for the first time and travel for three months and I saw that you guys were playing New Year's and I couldn't think of a better way to spend New Year's really. So I um, jumped on a Greyhound bus from Atlanta, Georgia and I, and I made my way up north and I'd never seen so much snow. Obviously we don't don't get a, get a lot over this way. Um, yeah, and that was, that was pretty, that was the best New Year's I think I've ever had really. The, it was, was, it was, was phenomenal. That, was that the, um, First time you you heard Nonpoint, or you knew about Nonpoint already? Oh, uh, I I heard Nonpoint when I was about 20, 20 years old. So I'd been a, a bit I'd been a fan for a good um, I don't know seven years or so. And um, Cherv here, our guitarist, he um, he'd been a fan even longer than I had. So he has a story about um, downloading. You guys' music when downloading was really hard, where you had to wait 45 minutes for one song. You yeah, know? man, our internet was so bad we would load up the song on YouTube and then go and waste time for 45 minutes so we could come back and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's yep. crazy. Well, um, the inter internet's moderately better in Australia. Yeah. Oh, definitely, we we only have to wait like 39 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um. So fast forward all this time, and now, Alexis, you're in a band, <laughs> which, uh, you know, back How then, that ba back then that, that wasn't really a plan, right? That just came about, like, recently? Yeah, so um, I, I didn't do music. I was an appreciator of music when I met you guys the first time, and um, I don't know what happened. I don't, I don't know where it came from. Um, I hadn't been in a band. I... I I sort of wrote wrote things, but they were very private things, you know, that you're saying in the shower. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I, I always identified with creative people. I loved being in that environment, and but I never thought I'd I was any good, I guess, or I I I never thought I could do it myself. And I just I got to 27 years of age, and I suddenly thought I need to find what I'm meant to do now. You know, I've travelled the world a lot, and and I kind of want some purpose. And I just started fiddling around with music and I, I got really hooked. Like I really got hooked. I became a addict, which I guess is the addicted to, to making making things, creative like music and stuff. It was yeah. I was I was done, hook, line and sinker. So so yeah. And that that was six six years ago now. So so okay, this is uh, this is the other Rob. Um, Hi, other Rob. <laughs> <laughs> it gets confusing. Um, so when you guys uh, started, were you already uh, able to do your own recordings, production? Is that how the band took off quickly? Because the from what I heard, I think it was almost two years ago, or a little bit, maybe less than that. It already sounded like you guys had been a band for a decade. So I didn't know if it was something that all the members already had, uh, you know, pre-experience or was this some people's first uh, go about it as it was yours? Um, well, I, I'm the newest musician. I, I When I started doing music, I just did it in my bedroom. So I sort of learned a little bit about 
uh, software programs and recording, but the other guys um, had been were quite had been in bands and things for a number of years. So it was. Yeah, I think it was it was pretty serendipitous the time around when the band started because the the band I was in uh, was had just sort of come to this point where we just recorded this album on our own and I had all of that information fresh in my head um, of just learning the right and wrong ways to do things. And um, for whatever reason, you know, with bands, different members had to go overseas and all sorts of things happened and I kind of had all this new knowledge and then it was it was just nice timing really that we just jumped into the production thing around the exact same time that the band started so there was a lot of learning and experimenting at the start i guess we were we were learning as we go kind of thing it, it's so. been a lot of trial and error as as much probably more error than anything else but um <laughs> <laughs> I th- every every good demo has twenty terrible ones behind yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. And it's um, I don't know. There's so much available at your fingertips. I, I think um, it, it, uh, in our recording time, the last couple of years, like I started on Cubase. Um, Cherv used uh, Logic and GarageBand, and then our bass player loves Pro Tools. So we sort of had this bit of a dance going on mm. between programs and, and it, was, sort of, it was good and it was bad wasn't yeah, it? yeah yeah what is the program of choice for, oh. it's different for different things isn't it i guess like in the demo sense we kind of like to use the the um the apple stuff just because it's quite um intuitive it's a bit sort of like <laughs> idiot's guide to music production <laughs> not to say anything bad about apple stuff but i mean it's 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 you know really well labeled and easy to get around and easy to navigate and whereas pro tools you kind of have to have cut your teeth a little bit and you kind of have to know shortcuts and where things are and pro tools for me seems like the professionals the the professional level and logic and garage band for us is good to play around with at home cubase yeah, see, I don't know Cubase at yeah, all. You, I, you run rings around me with Cubase. So yeah, I, I, I have Cubase on my laptop, and, and I just became familiar with using it for recording, so I'm the only one that probably uses that one. But, mm. yeah, probably Logic and GarageBand now just for home home recording style stuff. So, But, um, yeah, there's new stuff coming out all the time. I think we were talking about this the other night after listening to um, – your podcast actually about the uh, recording to tape and stuff like that. And, you, and mm. yes, uh, yeah. So and cool. we were saying <laughs> we were saying that the uh, you can actually pinpoint when these uh, the pro tools and things started to um, just the sound of records pre and post pro tools. Yeah, like you, you can, can you can really like almost pinpoint the moment where everything went kind of high fi and got sort of yeah. Check, quite, you can people hear. got. Tricky. Yeah. <laughs> People got tricky and it got too clean almost. Yeah, yeah. It got yeah. it got quite slick. Yeah. 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 I've noticed that. I mean, one thing I, I do like about with, you know, hearing your music from just the first time I heard it as, as just a listen of the stereo mix and then getting to dissect it as I started getting your tracks, it still sounds like a band, which is, you know, a great... Thing because a lot of this technology sterilizes music in a way and can make it almost it, sound too perfect. It does, and I, I can't understand why we don't embrace imperfection because we are human mm. and we are imperfect, and sometimes those those little uh, idiosyncrasies and stuff really they make they can make parts of a song really quite beautiful. And I think if we take all that away, it's 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 almost like it's been made on a computer without humans. And I think that we we as creators have to watch that a little bit, you know, and enjoy the technology and utilise it. But, but um, yeah, at the same time, it's it's okay to not not hit that, you know, that perfection. <laughs> I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, yeah it's, the, it's the human element, isn't it? It's like you being able to hear people in a room. Doing well, something. And, and it's also the the feeling that you know, like when I record Rob on drums, like there's things that he does that 
you can hear in the recording because of the the power that he's doing when he's hitting. And if you go with MIDI drums, you pick a velocity and and that's it. And then you've yeah. got this machine gun sound that is you know almost too perfect. <laughs> and there are some records today where drummers will go and play it, but then everything is triggered, replaced, and you know that to me is again sterilizing the music, taking some yeah. of the the imperfection that does make. The difference between like uh you know a computer generated song versus a human made you know piece totally totally and then you, you you like the other extreme is you've got like like i know there's some old um black flag records where the drummer used to wear a heap of bangles on one of their arms and you can hear them just jangling along like when they're hitting the you know like if they're on the ride symbol or something you can totally just hear the 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 this person's bangles just jangling <laughs> along on their wrist and yeah. like squeaky kick pedals and things like that like in led zeppelin songs you can just hear the the, the kick pedal just squeaking away in the you intro can hear it's bottom grunting so good like there's yeah grunts yeah, and groans so and I, that happens with with rob when i've recorded him i've soloed up the overhead mics and he's just like when he's hitting things and it's it's funny like if you took <laughs> yeah. it out of context but it makes total sense and you never hear it he actually curses on a take that made the Poison Red album and only I know where it is and he knows where it is, but he says, fuck. And it's in the <laughs> most perfect time. I Actually, think... I don't know where that is. Oh, you don't? Oh, <laughs> I'll show him one day. Because I heard it Tucker and I was remix. like, yeah, I'm, I'm keeping that in there because the take was there, but you know, he thought he messed up. And and, and Rob's a phenomenal drummer. You, 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 you're such a machine, like so much energy behind the behind the kit it's awesome awesome to watch and um i feel sorry for your drums man <laughs> <laughs> you know what I, I i've been told that a lot and i thank you so much i really really appreciate that and and people ask me i mean why don't i go through heads or cymbals i mean i do hit hard but i do it with a there's a little technique on when i how i hit the cymbals i mean Control. i've gone an entire cycle with just breaking one and and yeah, uh, well. i've had actually the same like, oh God, the hi-hats, I've had them, like, I don't know, like 15 years, you know? And, and yeah. it's just, I know people that have broken hi-hats, like, every month. And mm. I just don't know how that happens. So, so, I mean, I do like to come with the power, you know, onto the kit. But, you know, there's a certain way that you need to slap off the kit, like, the drums with your wrist, instead, yeah, of, like, yeah, instead yeah. of playing through the drum where you're trying to put a hole in it, you know? But... Yeah, yeah. But yeah, totally. I, I try to do that with as much I try to hit as hard as I possibly can, but but without, you know, compromising the drum sound or the pain I'm gonna feel after the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a push pull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's uh what's on the agenda for you guys this uh rest of this year? I know that uh I just finished mixing a track for you guys and uh that's coming out uh, well by people hear the podcast it'll be out already but uh I'm guessing is there a full record then? Yeah, we we're, we're making steps toward a full length. Um there'll be another probably another two singles we're thinking until we till we drop a full length, but um Yeah, so we got a full length sort of slated for um, fall, so August, September. So we're just pulling pulling it all together now. And, um, yeah, and we've got, we've got more than a record's worth to sort of choose from. So at the moment we're doing a little bit of um, pre-production and just sort of making some, you know, choices on what we want to work on more and, and um, yeah, and just sort of picking the best songs that we think fit fit together and um yeah keen, keen to keen to get it get it going really and sort of get it out there it's been a we um we had a line uh lineup change uh about a year ago so we had a new drummer so that's sort of anytime you have the, that um time where you've got new members coming in and and it, it's sort of a readjustment of um mm. you know uh it can Nearly need to relearn how to play it together, yeah, or as a unit again, I guess. Yeah, and with yeah, a drummer, so we- with a drummer, not to cut you off, but with a drummer, like you get a new drummer, there's a dynamic that's going to change, you know. And uh, every drummer hits absolute. I mean, there's no drummer that plays alike, you know. Yeah, everybody's totally. got their own vibe, and once you have created your style, 
and there's a new guy coming in or a new you know girl guy whatever um there's something's gonna change so yeah you have to relearn how to play with a new drummer and it's yeah, like a, it's absolutely. like it's like you're starting all over again almost and it, yeah, it really it did, nearly felt like yeah, that. It really, yeah, it really did feel like that. And it sort of um, put us back a few paces. And, and it, in a good way, we sort of got to um, – this feels like uh, we've done an EP. We released our EP back in 2017. But I feel like um, we're, we're sort of kicking off again for the first time and a little bit wiser to things, I guess. And, um, yeah, it's, it's it feels exciting again. You know, you sort of go through those – things that can be a little bit arduous at time, mm. the, the changes. But, um, yeah, we sort of come through all that and it's feeling good again and we're sort of... Um, Feeling fresh and new. Yeah, and, yeah. And also, so, you, you, uh, your band, you guys are totally independent, correct? We are, we yeah, are. Yeah, 100%. DIY. Well, which I completely, I completely back 100%. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's cool. I mean, we've been very lucky to work with people, you know, and good people, you know, if we work with good people or work with bad people. But I yep. think when a band, I mean, there's a lot more work when it comes to being independent, you know, you like you control everything. I mean, you're the label, you're the radio person, you're, you do everything besides write the music and record the music and play the music live. You have to do all this other stuff. But to me, I find that, I find that very, you know, very like soothing to the mind when you know that you don't really have anyone to answer to, you know, you, you do your own thing. Now, is that a plan for you guys to continue that way? Or is there like something maybe you want to be involved with a label uh, behind you? I think um, we started that way and we consider our options. And, and after a couple of years in, we kind of figured we were laying so much groundwork and foundation um, to the to the vision. It would it would feel like we were sort of, um, I don't know, we, we do so much. I think it, firstly it would probably di be difficult to, to hand that, relinquish to, that to control like a, of, um, you know, being able to choose your own adventure. And, and the other part of it is when you, when you have really committed to something and, and it gets thousands of hours of your time and money and, and passion and stress and all the rest of it, I think, um, we, uh, we're happy to try and to move independently. And I, I think what we will um, see in future is more of this because the um, landscape is rapidly changing. And I think um, it's hard, like it's really hard. Some like um, it's, it's a journey and, and we're still in that point of climbing the mountain. We, we're nowhere near the top. And I think, um, you know, and I think the, I think the the thing that we're looking forward to at this point is just transitioning away from we we all still hold full time jobs and the rest of it, so it's a lot to balance. And I think our our first goal is just to be able to get it into a position where we can kind of pull back out of that working mm. and then coming home and then working on the music. I think that can be very taxing over over a long period of time. So. Um, yeah, we're, we're um, the DIY thing's pretty remarkable. Though you, you, it's really challenging in the sense that you, there's a lot you don't know, and there's a lot you you have to be forced to know and and, and get wrap your head around. So it's sink or swim, and we've we've become cluey on photography and um, even more uh, the deeper recording elements and and marketing. And yeah, it's it's a it's a big it's a big um, Big picture thing, and and um, yeah, you're right. It is soothing in a lot of ways to be able to um, to um, have all that in your hands. Yeah. Now let me ask you, uh, and I just noticed. Actually, I don't have to ask you anything, but I just noticed something right now by you telling me all this. I mean, I'm not. I, I've known about the band for a bit, but. And you haven't been in it this long, but something that I just noticed in everything you just said is how well informed and how well thought out you have this situation. And for somebody to learn it that quick, that's pretty cool. Hmm. Well, I feel like it's um, I I don't know. It's it's not a not a hobby. 
and I, I know that you relate to that because you said that in in on, on one of your previous talks. You, when you have that thing sort of driving you, it's it's sort of it's 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 our focus when we wake up, and it's our focus right till we go to bed. We're, we're sort of really invested in the journey, wherever that takes us is irrelevant, but we're mm. invested in it. So I think, um, yeah, it's not a check in, check out kind of thing, isn't it? It's always, yeah, it's always on. It's, it's like, um, <laughs> everything you do, everything you do is in some way, shape or form. It's like a small related. child, really. You're sort of raising it and you've got it in that infantile stage, you know, and at the moment, I think our, the baby band project is just starting to learn how to walk and, mm. You try, you try to keep it out of danger and from falling, keep it healthy. Falling and, down the stairs. And, yeah, that, it's, that's, um, that, that's really cool. I mean, for me and that, that talk you were saying, you know, me, this band, to me, still, to, I'm going to be 50 years old this year. And to me, it still means everything to me. You know, there's no change in the passion or the drive on how I do things. You can ask, you can ask Elias, who is actually your manager. You can ask Rob here. You know, I... All the time I'm doing something, whether I'm promoting or I'm, I'm doing research, you know, I, there's just a drive and passion. And this was never a hobby. And every single member of Nonpoint or any band that I was ever in, I told them, this is not a hobby. If this is a hobby for you, then you need to leave, you know, like yeah. that. So it's it's just the fire that people have inside. And starting, yeah, it, I mean, I mean, getting involved in a band at 27, are, uh, how old are you right now? I'm 33. 33, but you started around 27? I, di I did a recording at home from 27 to 30. I started the band, I got on stage for the very first time at 30. So. Okay, so I mean, to start, I mean, a lot of people, mostly people, like I've been playing bands since I was like 15, 16 years old. So, I mean, to be at yeah. that at your age, and I'm not calling you old. <laughs> being at that age and, and at 30 to step on stage for the first time and be in a band at 30 in the landscape that we're in and how thing how things are a lot so much different than when I started it's pretty impressive and I have a I definitely have a lot of respect for that yeah I um I don't know you, you only live once and um the uh the the challenge of it's good but it, it's that I've had hobbies before. I, I have quite a lot of hobbies, but this is something different. I feel like I, ha I have to do this and, and I want to do this. And I think um, I, I wish part of me had um, clued into this at 20 because there's a different type of energy you come with at 20. You're a lot, you don't overthink things as much at 20. You're sort of a lot less fearless, but um yeah, we're just we're just doing it. Mm. We'll just we'll just see where it goes. You make more mistakes at twenty two. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you take more risks though. You, you do. do. It's true. You it's do. True. And, Which and could be not... bigger rewards or bigger mistakes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, That's yeah. right. I think I think maybe it's just like because a few of us um, in the band had had have been in bands before, um, and I think we'd had the experience of spending the little money that we had in the wrong places and not seeing much return for it. So I think, um, you know, as a collective this time around, we were, we were all a lot more considered with what we were doing. So, uh, I think we, we didn't have any sort of grand ideas of, um, us, us being able to do things that were outside of our means. So we were really sort of selective as to what we could and can't do. So we, we, we kind of, we, we hustle quite a bit, you yeah, know, we, we, we know hustle. how to hustle. <laughs> hustle. Aha, you're talking to the king of hustle here. Yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. You learn the hustle. Ask Elias um, about that one. And, and I have to mention about Elias, like his, dedication to music in general but his uh, dedication on top of his dedication to his primary love his band is just phenomenal I, I if I ask for anything you know I ask that we get to a point where we are able to repay him for his contribution to our project and how much he believes in our project I I um yeah I, I feel um <clears throat> really 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 blessed to have somebody with so much drive external to the band that believes in the band and believes in what we're doing so much. He, he works so hard. 
he's we we meet on Skype um, most nights, you know, after around one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock, and uh, he's got about eight whiteboards filled with things to. To, that we have to get done, and and he's he's a machine. I I don't know how he finds the hours in the day to do it, and we're we're super grateful. And for me, it, it it's even more mind boggling because you guys are one of my favorite bands. You know, like that whole how serendipitous do you get? You know, like so. Um, yeah, we we want to kind of kind of um, we're gonna make it work. However, however we sort of whatever we have to do, however much we have to hustle, you know, because it's sort of, um, we got a lot of good energy in it, in the, in the project. So, yeah. Okay. So now you've been a band a couple of years in Australia. When do you plan to come over here or you have any plans to go like Europe or anything outside of Australia? Um, I think, um, the EP sort of, was starting point with, uh, I think the album. Once once we release the album and we get a little bit of um, feedback yeah. on where it's received well, and and we we plan to do some travel next year. Yeah, actually. I mean it's it's definitely on the list of of things to do, and it's definitely something we want to cross off. But it's it's the whole thing of being an independent band having to be quite considered with which opportunities we we jump onto just because, um, you know, like just from a monetary angle, yeah. like it, it kind of restricts what we can do unless we're really going to capitalize on something. It, it's going to cost us a heap of money, which is money that we potentially could have spent on, uh, another recording or a video clip or anything like that. So, um, it's on the list and we will do it as soon as we can and not and not you know be completely broke we're not trying to make a bunch of money by the way we're just if we can break even if we can get home and be at zero we would still do it Absolutely. so that's kind of the goal we're just trying to um just get a bit more sort of infrastructure and um yeah just just pick when the time is right and and go for it so well, I mean, that makes, you know, a lot more sense from, you know, being outside of the States. It's once you get that traction and once an album is out and you can gauge where you're going to play and what you're going to make, I'm guessing that's, you know, Elias's plan with you guys as well, because, you know, nobody wants to make uh, a tour that loses money and nobody wants to come back home in the black or in the red, rather. You know, they, they always want to at least break even, if not be able to have paid for themselves to live and you guys Absolutely. still yeah, yeah. having full-time jobs. Once that goes away and you guys have your own like avalanche happening behind you, I think it'll happen a lot quicker than, you know, as if you waited for somebody to give you that on the front end and then have to repay them in a way. Yeah. Yeah, and we and we like to um um be a, be in be in a position where we we don't know anybody, you know, we're sort of we, we do what we can pay for at the time and, and we get on the hustle a little bit and just try to get as much done with with the resources that we that we have. And and that part of that financial restriction um I I guess has um sort of propelled us into probably the recording, self recording element a little bit more. And and I've the more artists that I speak to in bands and stuff, the more it's becoming a common trend where um uh, DIY or elements of the recording process being done DIY is is becoming more and more common. I think because mm. the technology is um, more available, you know, um, to people. So yeah, it's uh, ways versus means, I guess, really overall. But yeah, yeah, and I think I think we're um, just being in Australia too. I think it, we're a little bit more wary of that being a contributing factor to being able to tour because um, in Australia, you know, a national tour here is maybe five shows and you've got to get a domestic flight between every one of those shows because it's not, unless you want to drive for like 24 hours or something. Yeah. But um, but it's, it's, it's a, a big island country and all of the major cities where you can play are completely spread out. So it's kind of like, and where we are in Brisbane, we're kind of not 
in sort of the hub of where all that action is. So I think it, it kind of forces us to be a little bit more considered about what what we choose to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, I mean, we're close to we're quite close to New Zealand and uh, Asia and Japan and places like that aren't too far away from the island. So, um, I mean, a lot of people go and play uh, in the heavier music scene over here. A lot of people head over to uh, Indonesia and do um, tours in Japan and mm. and because it's a it's a it's, big hardcore scene in Indonesia. Yeah, yeah, Massive it is. One. Yeah. Mm. So um, they're they're sort of um, neighbors, I guess you could say. Yeah, and it's no different than if you had to fly to a different region of Australia, you know, like as yeah, you're same, on that yeah. same kind of flight going to a different country, though, which is still then you become international and that's kind of a cool label to put on yourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. definitely. Awesome. Well, I, uh, I totally appreciate your guys' time and I realize now it's getting close to like 2 a.m. your time or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, definitely, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to keep uh, our eyes open for you guys and uh, see when, you know, you guys head over here. And for me personally, can't wait to get to the next track. It's a blast mixing you guys, um, you know, even with some of the, the technological things that can happen when you're sending tracks across the globe in an instant. Um, isn't, isn't it amazing, really, when you think about that? And we're pretty excited. We, we'll be up for another couple of hours yet because... Um, over the line comes out here today. Like oh it, it, yeah. So um, yeah, we're we're really excited for people to to um, hear that. And we've got a few radio local radio stations giving it a spin and things like that. So we're um, yeah, release days are, are always good fun. You sort of get to to um, enjoy the enjoy the feedback and stuff. Well, and then and again, in a whole new way tomorrow here. Yeah, yeah, we get a double yeah. dose. It's of like it, a so, birthday yeah. twice, like you said earlier. It, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's yeah, the birthday a, of this single. You did a, a phenomenal job on that track. Like, really phenomenal. Really excited. All right. And it, all yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I'm all right. No, I thank you guys for that. Because, I mean, you know, it's always a struggle when you're mixing without the client right behind you saying, that's what I want it to sound like versus sending it, waiting for the reply and 15 hours into the future and getting an email from tomorrow. And it's it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you, you definitely did us a solid on, on that track. And um, we're looking forward to getting the whole album sort of rolling with you and sort of, yeah, it's, ex it's excellent. Well done. Well, thank we're, you. We're, we're, we're really, really pleased. Well, you yeah. guys definitely, you know, came up with a great song. And um, I mean, if you don't mind it, we'll put it on this podcast and we'll play it so that people can, uh, you know, get exposed to it if they're, you know, already not by the time this one comes out. I think, you know, most people will have seen it, uh, heard it, you know, and we'll reinforce that for you guys here. Oh, thank Absolutely. you very much. Thanks. Thank you. So, well, we'll let you go. And uh, we, we try to keep things short and sweet. You guys have been awesome. Um, Thank and, you for uh, having us. Yeah, we, we look forward to hearing more of uh, what you guys have to offer. Cheers, guys, and awesome. we'll be we'll be tuning into Robcast podcast because mm. awesome. I, I really I really like the concept. I, I think it's it's really educational and informative, and and hearing different guests and stuff, and and just listening to your stories. It's it's um yeah, I already feel like I've learned a bit out of the first few. So I, have I hope plenty I have... more stories. Yeah, <laughs> get get on get on the mic. They they're great. I, I really love um love that sort of stuff. So um we'll we'll be following closely from the others from the future. Yeah, well, <laughs> well thank you we'll, very we'll much. You guys have an awesome day. Thanks. Thanks, Robs. Take care. <laughs> See ya. Bye. All right, so we're going to play the track over the line that we were talking to them about, and that I mixed here at Uptown Recording, and uh, give it a listen. There's a whole world going crazy. Are we the only ones around here who give a shit about the rules?
That was uh, that was Tai Sui, and the song was called "Over the Line." Uh, it's out available on all of, uh, streaming platforms and downloadable content. Great mixing job, by the way. Well, thank you. Very um, good. Very it was good. it was tracked. Did you master it as well? I uh, no, actually, that was mastered by Howie. Oh, Howie Weinberg, mastering Mr. engineer Mr. from X. the uh, X. Howie Red yeah. mastered X, well, among, okay. among other albums. Well, that was a great conversation. Uh, I, there's a lot of perspective on. Totally doing it yourself, breaking being, into the industry yep. late in life, being, in, being you know, independent, not yeah. not having to do it when you're as young as you know we were when we started, but realizing you can still do it, especially now with all the technology available. And just like I said during the interview, she has so much, she has so much information. She is so informed. She has got such a goal in her head. Like it's like what you did when you started. It blows my mind because I haven't seen like that kind of work ethic in a long time and her being so new and just understanding the game it's just mind-blowing they're, they're to all me. in it to to win it you know they're yeah. they're they're in this for the long haul come hell or high water it sounds like i mean going through lineup changes is important to weed out the the weak links before you make the giant leap and I mean, we did that in From Zero, and I'm I'm not sure. I mean, you guys knew what you had when you had it, but we didn't know when we had until we had the lineup that made it. Yeah. And it was interesting because we did a band for almost a year trying to find that 
connection. And then once it did, within two years, we were signing touring with you guys. And that with the lineup change is when they mentioned about getting a new drummer and having That's a big to like change. relearn everything. You know, that drummers are very important. I mean, not yeah. saying that because I, I'm a drummer, but I know if there were ever a change with non-point in the drum position and, and someone else came in, it'd be a, an adjustment because I have been the drummer for 22 years. Big one, yeah. You know, so, and, but the fact that they had to re, relearn all this stuff and you have to get adjusted to that player style and then you have to worry about possibly how are they going to change the songs from, you know... Bringing the, their own flavor to it might be a bad thing, it, could be a good thing. Like the perfect example, like ACDC, like Chris Slade who was a fantastic drummer. Mm -hmm. I mean, fan, he played with The Firm, played with a bunch of other people. and But, you know, ACDC to me is with Phil Rudd. You know, that he's got that That's the, that pocket, and yeah. but not taking away from Chris, because like I said, Chris is amazing. And, and hi, Jack Slade, by the way. I love Jack. His son is really cool. He likes wrestling. He's a nice guy. Nice. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Chris is a fantastic drummer, but I m remember when it, listening to ACDC, there's that groove, there's that pocket, you know. So it's hard to adjust to a new drummer because basically they're the ones pushing they're, they're, the band. Yeah, they're the foundation. Yeah, they're the foundation. They're, they're the and first groundwork that's laid down and everything sits with that. It's yeah, like, and Rashid says something similar to me, like when we write new songs and he sends me a track, he says, you always put in what is needed. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's just like if another drummer came in, I mean... They may not. It wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't. It may not do it, and, and not taken away. There's so many fantastic drummers, and I feel like maybe anybody could play non-points music. You know, but that. it wouldn't be the right thing. Like I mean, the reason there that there are certain things that I do. You know, the reason that you've had the career that you've had, and that you've been in it for 22 years, you must be doing something right. I man, I've, that's all I've wanted to do. So right. It's, and it's I mean, so, that passion, you can hear it. And I think Taisui, I think once they get out there and do the live thing, if they can transition. If they can do what they've done in their yeah, videos live, live, they're going to have it. It'll be unstoppable. Know? It's yeah. going to be a People great People will be, be talking about it. And, yeah. and that's what is all that matters in this game right now. We wish them oh, yeah. the best of luck. And we want to thank everybody for joining us this week. You can check them out online. Um, just Google it, Taisui Music, and it'll come up. Uh, YouTube, they've got music videos. Uh, the song Over the Line music video, I think, is coming out as well. It's probably out with the mix that I did, so check it out. Also, if you guys uh, do check them out and like them, and when you see us on tour, you might want to give a nice little mention to Elias, how you feel about the band, because he's really behind the band. He believes in the band. He is constantly working with them every single day, despite the, our, the time change and how crazy that is. Like, they have to get up at certain times to have conference calls. Uh, give, give Elias a, a, your nod of approval if you really like it, because he would really appreciate that. And any word you can spread about the band would be lovely for them. Very yep. lovely. Well, <laughs> so Thanks for listening. Yeah, on that note, thank you so much. Uh, next week, we're going to be doing this again. See you later. Thanks so much for listening to the Robcast Podcast. Be sure and subscribe to get notified of future episodes. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Robcast Podcast. Feel free to send us comments and suggestions at robcastpodcast at gmail.com.